Let's get into the word. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3. We're going to start in verse 22. And, and this is what it says. starts out with but. Someone shout but. The scripture has confined or arrested everyone under sin. So that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept as prisoners under the law. Arrested until the faith that was destined to be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our guardian to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith, verse 25, but now, someone shout, but now. That faith has come, come on. But now that faith has come, we are no longer in need of a guardian. We're no longer under a guardian. For you are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that our faith in you makes us sons and daughters of God. That outside of you, it's impossible, but, but through you, all things are possible. We thank you for that today. And I, I right now, in Jesus' name, begin to bind any distraction in this house right now. I bind it right now. Any voice, God, that sets itself up against the knowledge of who you are, of how powerful you are, of how glorious and perfect you are, I bind that even now. And I loose your peace over this house. But I loose your peace with fire in this place, God. Set a fire in our soul today. I pray that this word would be like a seed planted on fertile soil of our hearts that we would write it on the tablets of our heart. I pray right now, Lord, that I would decrease so that the Holy Spirit would increase in this place so that it's your anointing that goes forth. Lord, help me to preach this word, to teach this word you have taught me. Help me to do it. Help me to make it clear and simple and attainable through who you are, Jesus. I pray that right now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Listen, before you're seated, high five five people. And I want you to tell them this. Get arrested by faith. Tell them, say, get arrested by faith. Get arrested by faith. Come on. Well, good morning, church. Man, it is good to see you. Um, It is good to be with you. Um, I have to admit, man, Julie and I, we miss our church family um, when we're gone. Now, I'm not going to ask you if you missed us. I'm just going to assume you missed us because, listen, like I tell my wife all the time, don't ask a question you can't handle the answer to, right? Like, and so if I don't want to handle every answer, I just assume, amen. And uh, no, nah, but it's, it's so good to be with you guys. But, but I just want to say really quickly, man, I'm so appreciative of Dr. Peter Jowdry and his wife, Ruthie, man. I'll tell you, yeah. <clears throat> Because it's a, it's a great relief to Jules and I that, that we know when we're gone, you guys are being taken care of. That, you know, hey, you guys are receiving a word from God, even if it's not me giving you the word of God. And it's such a relief for me. And, you know, the word of God says this, give honor where honor is due. 
That's what the Bible says. And, and the church needs to be a place of honor, to honor one another, and to also honor people as they, they come in and share. They're a guest of this house. And so, man, I, I just want to honor, you know, Dr. Peter Jowdry and, and Ruth. Man, these are incredible. He's an incredible man of God. She's an incredible woman of God. And their ministry, Battlefield Ministries, is an incredible ministry, man, to link your arms with, man, to give to. It's, it's a faithful ministry. And we support them every single month because we believe in them, what God God's doing through them and, and, and them. And we're just so, so blessed by them. They are, they are a blessing to Jules and I personally and also to this church body. So yeah, I just wanted to, to say that. And hey, listen, and I want to thank you guys. You, you guys were, he called me, said, man, it was great to be at CWC. Tell your people, thank you for being so honoring of me and, and making me feel so welcome. That's what we want, man. We want people, when they come in to share the word, man, we want to be a people who are attentive and also very, um, very gracious and, and loving to them. We wanna make them feel like they're at home, amen. Just like any new guest that comes in the house, right? And so, yeah, thank you guys for doing that. But <clears throat> it's good to be home. I'm glad to be with you. And we're gonna hop right in to the, to the word this morning because I'm telling you, this, this word has been stirring in my heart now for, for several weeks, not just the couple weeks I was gone, but several weeks prior to that. So I'm gonna warn you, it's like a fire shut up inside of my bones. So, so look, if I start hollering and yelling and shouting, don't think I'm yelling and shouting at you. Hopefully I'm yelling and shouting with you, amen. But ever since God gave me this word, it's, it's really been speaking to me. It's been convicting me personally. It's been challenging me, but, but also also encouraging me. And the reason I, I didn't get to share it right when God had, had gave it to me, because I tried multiple times, but I felt like the Holy Spirit kept stopping me because I felt like the Lord was, was wanting to add to it. I felt like he had more revelation to give me, me personally through it before I was able to, to bring it to you. And so over these past several weeks, what I've been, what I've been doing with this word, and I, I literally can't get away from Galatians 3. I just can't even, I can't walk away from it. Um, and, and so I've been praying and, and asking the Lord, 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 help me to continue to fully understand it. Let, let, me, let me understand the impact of your word. I, I've been asking Holy Spirit, right, to show me and to guide me in it. Because listen to me, church, the, the, the truth is this. Without the Holy Spirit, we will never understand the depth, the height, and the breadth of our faith. It's impossible without him to understand our faith. This is why Jesus says, I will give you the Holy Spirit who will lead you and guide you into all truth. And so without Holy Spirit, it's impossible to understand our faith. Now we might, we might have some knowledge of what we believe, but we won't understand the one who we believe. And, and, and here's the, the truth as well, like we've been talking about, man. If faith is our power source, and it is, and this is what we've been going over the past several, several weeks in this faith series, but, but if faith is our power source, the Holy Spirit is the receptacle. I'm telling you, he's the power that our faith has to plug into to glean its power to strengthen, to strengthen us. And this is why Jesus says in Acts chapter one, verse eight, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, before the disciples received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they had no power. They knew what they believed. They, they saw Jesus. They even seen him resurrected again. And they still had no power. 
He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then you'll be my witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Then you'll have power because the Holy Spirit is the one our faith draws its power from. And and what I've figured out in my life is, is simply this. The Holy Spirit will make us look a whole lot smarter than we actually are. We can fool all kinds of people with the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you. Um, and, and, and what I've figured out in my life is I know this, I need the Holy Spirit to show up for me. I need him to show up for me because if not, I'm in big stinking trouble up here in, in big trouble. And, and so I figured that out over the years. And so, man, I've, I've really been asking the Holy Spirit reveal this word, speak to me then than through me so that your people will see you and, and receive you so that your people, right, will walk by faith and not by sight so that, so that, that your people's faith will arise so that their enemy will be scattered from them. And I've spent these past several weeks praying, Holy Spirit, let your people get arrested by faith. Let them get arrested by faith through this word. And, and so I've been praying that over the past several weeks and waiting for God to release me to, to preach it. And right before I left on vacation, um, the Holy Spirit said, well, you'll preach it when you get back. I said, oh, thanks. Thanks for the teaser, Lord. Now I got to wait two more weeks to, to share this, this word with them. And so I'm excited about it. And, and I say all that to, to say simply this, I'm ready to preach it. Are you ready to receive it? Come on. Amen. Amen. And the title of today's message is simply this, Arrested by Faith. Arrested by Faith. Say that with me. Arrested by Faith. Now tell your neighbor, get arrested by faith. Tell him. And, and look, when, when the Lord gave me this word, right, I started to think about what it means to get arrested. I really did. <laughs> Actually, some PTSD came back because, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. They, and I have to admit it, I hate even sharing this, but, but look, BC, before Christ, man, I had several run-ins with the cops, more than I'd like to share um, with you. Matter of fact, before Christ, before I gave my life to Jesus, I spent nearly four years locked up of my life, Okay nearly four years, whether that be in jail or whether that be in a minimum security facility for drugs and alcohol, whatever it was, right? Whatever the case may have been, I spent nearly four years of my life locked up and I had been arrested many, many times. And listen, believe me when I tell you, I really don't like sharing these types of things. I don't like to talk about this. Matter of fact, at one point in time in my life, I wouldn't even talk about it at all because I was embarrassed by it completely embarrassed by these are the things I went through in my life until the Lord one day rebuked me. And he said to me, he said, your story is no longer your story. It's my story. So, so you're no longer allowed to be embarrassed by it because it's got nothing to do with you. It's got everything to do with me. And you're no longer allowed not to share it when I tell you to share it, mister. I said, okay, father. <laughs> Forgive me, forgive me for I have sinned. But the Lord was trying to show me, man, because 
our story, his story through us, and it's, it's about him. It's what brings him glory. It's what brings him glory. See, see, too often I think we steer away from telling people what we've done and the things God has brought us through because we think people will think less of us. That's what we think. And guess what? They might. <laughs> That's just their truth. They might. I've had plenty of people come up and say stuff to me after I told my testimony, but it's not, it's not about them. It's not about them. But because we, we make it about ourselves and about them, we, we don't tell tell anyone anything. We don't tell them how we've, we've struggled in our life with a porn addiction. We, we don't tell them how we've struggled in our life with a drug addiction or alcoholism. We, we don't tell them how we've struggled in the places of our finances. We don't tell them how we're struggling in our marriages. We don't tell them how we've walked through a divorce. We won't, we won't share that. So we, so we hide it because we don't want people to think less of us because of it, which again makes the story all about us and what we feel and how we look instead of making it all about him. But, but did you know this? The Bible says that they were overcomers, that they overcome the enemy. They overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, loving not their own life, even unto death. And man, sometimes you gotta die to yourself to share what God's done in your life. You gotta lay it down. And in that place, in that place, man, you'll draw so much power and authority, it will blow your mind. I'm telling you. See, see, when we hide the things God has done in our lives and the things we're going through, and God's still faithful, even when we are faithless, when we, when we hide those things and bottle those things up, we not only hurt ourselves, but we hurt those around us. Because you never know sharing what God is doing in your life could impact your neighbor, your friends, your coworkers. You, you, have, you have no idea. But man, when you realize your story is actually his story and how his story will always bring about a great testimony, it has to. It has to because his word says so. And his word will always come to pass. And, and when we understand that and we walk in that, I'm telling you, we'll walk in so much authority and so much power, we won't even, we'll be like, wow, this is wild. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, and the Lord taught me, taught me this years ago. And so now when he, when he says to me, I want you to tell my story, I know exactly what he's, he's talking about. And what a great testimony God is has done in my life. It's, it's a great testimony. You know, and I was, I was thinking about this while I was preparing, how at one time in my life, I used to want, run away from cops. I'm dead serious. I'd run away from them. I was in big trouble. So I'd be sprinting away from them. They'd be hawking me down. So at one point in time in my life, I would run from the cops. But do you know, at this point in time in my life, I got cops coming to me. They're running to me. They're saying, hey, pastor, help me with my marriage. Hey, hey pastor, help me with my finances. Hey, hey pastor, pray for me. It's just how awesome Jesus is. It has absolutely nothing to do with me. It's just how awesome he is in my life. But the reality is before, before Christ, right? My life was a complete and utter, utter wreck. And so I was arrested many, many times. And what I remember um, from all that, from being arrested, right? Is how after you, you get arrested, you are subject to the one that just arrested you. 
I mean, you're completely subject to them. Now, a few of you may know exactly what I'm talking about. Others have no clue. Praise God for both of you. But, <laughs> but I'm actually gonna illustrate this for you today because I called a cop friend and got his handcuffs. Amen. DJ, I'm gonna have you come up. Not because he has any experience with it. He's, he's, just, he's just a godly man and willing to come up here and be my guinea pig. Anything to promote the gospel. Amen. But yeah, so I'm just gonna illustrate it. So right, so yeah, we'll just leave your arms in front. If I can, you got big old wrists, bro. That's right. Come on, come on. Well, praise God. I've never been on this side of it before. <laughs> That's just true. <laughs> Amen. Have fun in the house of God, right? Amen. Amen. Yeah, so this is, this is part of what it looks like to get arrested. And, and when, you, when you get arrested, you have to do everything that the person that arrested you tells you to do. Like, if not, they'll make you do it. I promise you. So you better just do it, because if not, they're going to make you do it. But, but you're subject to them. I mean, you've got to go wherever they lead you to go. I mean, you, you got to just, they feel like making you feel weird and you're, you're going you're gonna to do whatever they're telling you you have to do. They lead you and guide you every step from that point forward. See, after you are arrested, you have now relinquished every single right that you had before you were arrested. You, you've relinquished it. He's trying to run. I'll take, listen, he don't realize I got a taser up here too. You feel me? <clears throat> but yeah, once you get arrested, you can no longer go wherever you want to go. You can't do what you want to do. You, you, you've relinquished all of those, those rights when you've, when you've been arrested. And it's wild because after you get arrested, right, they put you in jail, okay? And, and, and once you're there, the guard controls your life totally. I mean, they literally control every aspect of, the, of your life. They tell you where to go and when you can go. They tell you what to eat, when to eat, and how long you got to eat it. When you get arrested, man, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the guards even tell you when you can shower and how long you can shower. Like, like you, you, you've lost every right that you had up to that point. They even tell you when you can go to the bathroom and when you can. Like this is how arrested you are. This is how you are at their beck and call now. They, they've taken over every aspect of your life, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, and they're not asking for a suggestion from you. The guards, I promise you, don't say, hey, how does these handcuffs feel? Uh-uh. He don't care because you've just relinquished that right. They don't ask you, hey, how you feeling today? You feeling good? Yeah, mm. None of that happens at all. It's just do what I tell you to do. When I tell you to do it, we'll have no problems. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be completely fine. Like it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, after, after you get arrested, you are completely subject to the one that has arrested you. And, and that's what it, it means about being arrested. You've lost, relinquished every right. Go sit down, remain arrested though. Remain arrested. <laughs> For a little bit, Autumn, you, you, I mean, he's subject to you now. Like he's already, you, I'm just saying. 
thought about asking for volunteers to handcuff, but my wife would be the only one to lift her hand. So I was like, you know what? I'll just pick somebody. That joke just went like this. Praise the Lord. We'll leave it this way too, by the way. We won't. She's going to kill me for that. I felt like it was getting heavy in here. I was like, we got to, we need a little levity for the moment that we're in. But, and and you know, this is, this is the point Paul is trying to make in the book of Galatians. This is, this is the point he's, he's trying to make. Now, now to pro- provide for you just a little bit of context of what's happening in the whole scope, because we only read four verses. So to provide a little bit of context, man, Paul is writing this letter to the church of Galatia. Because what, what's happened is, is this. They've begun to allow themselves to be captivated or to be arrested by a gospel other than the one they had heard from him. That's what happened to these, to these Christians. You see, while, while Paul was in the city of Galatia, he, he sees these people, the church there, they had this magnificent encounter with God. The Holy Spirit showed up and touched their life in an incredible way incredible way. And they received this revelation that, well, hold up, hold up. It's not by works. It's by grace through faith that I've been saved. Nothing that I can do on my own so that I cannot boast. It's a free gift from God. That's where my salvation comes. That's where my eternal life comes. That's how I receive the spirit of God by faith through grace. Paul was so excited for these people, so excited when he leaves. But A short time after they allow some other people to come in the church and begin to teach them. And these people are teaching something different other than the gospel that Paul had taught them. These people begin to tell the people of Galatia, no, 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 no. It's it's not by grace. It's not through faith that you're saved. If you want to be made right with God, if you want to be saved, it's by the works of the flesh. These people begin to tell the Galatian church that that if they wanted to, to be made righteous in the sight of God, they had to be able to fulfill the law of Judaism. That's what they're doing to them. And Paul, right, he hears about this. He gets wind of it and he's perplexed. He's actually really upset by it. And he says in verse six of Galatians chapter one, he says, I am amazed. I am flabbergasted. I am outside of my mind right now that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by grace through faith in Christ for a different gospel, for something other than. You're allowing yourself to be arrested by something other than the gospel. Paul says these people are trying to enslave you, trying to arrest you to the works of the flesh. They're trying to tell you that you can, you can be good enough. You can do good enough. You can do enough things to make God okay. They're trying to tell you that the circumcision of the flesh is what makes you righteous before God. They're telling you that if you can keep the law of Moses, then you will be made right before God. And this is what's happening. They're trying to remove grace from, from the picture. And Paul says, but they've, they've bewitched you. They've deceived you into thinking this. And it's actually funny because to, to illustrate his point, the gravity of the moment, 
Paul says it this way. Even if you see an angel come down from heaven, I don't care if you watch them descend to the earth. If they start telling you that crap, don't listen to them. They're lying to you. They're lying to you. The enemy has posed as an angel of light and come in to deceive you and to arrest you to the works of the flesh, to, to arrest you to the, to the law. Don't listen to them because you were, you were saved by grace through faith. You didn't receive the spirit by working for the spirit. He's like, that's, that's impossible. And, and he's reminding them of this. Listen, listen, your, your faith in Jesus is what saved you. This is how you receive salvation. That's how you receive the Holy Spirit. That's how you received eternal life. By grace, through faith. That's what saved you. Not because you're a good man or a good woman. Not because you could do all these things in this life. Not because you can hold it all together. Not even because you're a religious person and come to church when you come to church and read your Bible once a day. No, no, no. That's not, that's not, that's not what saved you. It's, it's by grace through faith that you've been saved. Which, which is such a, a good reminder for every one of us. It's a great reminder for us because, man, we love to take credit for the things in our lives. Some of you are looking like, not me. Stop it. I know you do because we're all the same. This is how we are. It's, it's a nature of the flesh. We love getting the pat on the back. We love the attaboys in, in life. We love feeling like we have earned the things we have received in our lives. Well, most of us, we like that, that feeling. And so it's so easy to fall into that stinking thinking that God can be pleased by our talents and by how much work we can do for him and how good we can live for him. As if God is, is proud of the, of, of the, accomplishes that, the accomplishments that we can make on the earth by our own works. We love that. We love that. We also like to feel better than, than those around us. We enjoy that as people. So often we try to compare ourselves to those around us. Well, I know that God has to be pleased with me because look at their life. Yeah, that's real bad. I'm sort of bad, but they're way worse. So me and God are cool. We have to be cool because look at, look, look at them. Look at how they act and I'm nothing like them. We love to do that. As if God is looking for us to compete for his affection against one another, his approval against one another. As if he's deciding how to delegate salvation based off of how well we do opposed to the person sitting next to us. And that's not what he's doing. But this is human, this is human nature, guys. We, we will fall into this. We will be arrested by this if we're not reminded of it. It's easy to get arrested by the works of the flesh because it feels good to our flesh. It feels real good. Listen, I love that after I preach a message, people are like, great job, pastor. You know what I mean? Like, feels great. But, but I gotta remind myself, well, hold up, hold up. God, was you glorified? Did I do what you said to do? You know, it's really funny. Like, I'll have people come up and say how great a message was, and I felt like I bombed it, for real. Like, I felt like, oh, that was terrible. But, but, They'll come up and tell me how great it was. And it's just God reminded me this has nothing to do with you and everything to do with me, son. But we, we enjoy that. 
But Paul, he's like, no, 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 no. It's by grace through faith that you've been made right before God. It's a free gift from God because God wants no man to boast at all about it. See, that's why it doesn't matter where we've been. It doesn't matter what we've done. It only matters who we serve. That's why. It doesn't matter that I've, I've been arrested. It doesn't matter where I've, I've been. Not that I'm saying I wish I could do those things again, but it doesn't matter. It only matters now who I serve. Paul says, forget what lies behind you and press toward the high call that you have in Christ heavenward. Don't be arrested to those things any longer. Don't get arrested by it. And here's the truth, man. None of us can earn it. We can't do enough good things to deserve it. All we can do is hear it, receive it, because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. All we can do is hear it, receive it, believe it, and then walk according to it. That's our job. That's our end of all this thing, to be saved by grace through faith. And never allow anyone to come in and tell us something different. But that's what's happened to the church in Galatia. They, they allowed people to come in and teach them something, and then it, it arrested them to the law and to the works of the flesh. So in Galatians chapter three, right, Paul, Paul makes sure he, he lays this out, right? He says, now, now, am I telling you that the law of God is sinful? Far from it. That's not what I'm telling you. But what I am telling you, the law is not faith. It, it's not faith. Those who can live according to the law cannot live by faith. But the Bible says the righteous shall live by faith. So, 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 so the law can't make you righteous. But Paul, what he's saying is, is if being arrested by the law, being arrested by the works of the flesh, if that could have made you right with God, then there have been no need for the son of God to be crucified for all your sin and all your shame. He wouldn't have had to be crucified. And Paul, he says, look, the, the law was was meant to lead you to Christ. The law was always meant from the beginning of time to reveal to us our need for Jesus. That's what it was supposed to do. That's what it's still supposed to do. Show us how good God is, not how good we are. We flipped it. Oh, we'll keep the law to show you how good I am. It was always meant to show how good God is how faithful God is. See, in Matthew chapter five, verse 17, Jesus says this, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Because the law had to be fulfilled because God said so in order for us to be made right. But we couldn't do it, so God sent his son to do it for us. And this is what Paul is trying to get across. He's reiterating to us and to the church of Galatia in chapters one through three. And then in verse 22 is where, where we picked up this, this story from and where I want to spend a little bit more time. And this is what it says, we're going to read it again. But the scripture has confined everyone under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. In Romans chapter three, verse 23, Paul says it this way, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He's saying the same things in those two different passages. He's saying basically the same thing. He's simply saying to us, you don't have the ability to live a righteous life before God in your flesh. It's impossible to do it because you've been held captive. You're confined. You're arrested by sin, your sinful nature, every single one of us. But, but in Christ, 
but through Jesus, you can absolutely be set free. DJ, come on back up, please. Come on back up. Give him a hand while he's walking, please. Make you feel okay about wearing handcuffs for me today. Help me out, church. Because here's the truth. Every single one of us have been arrested by sin. And so, and so now, right, sin has a hold of us. At one point in time, we were arrested by sin. And so it held on to us. And so what happens when, when sin arrests us and handcuffs us, our sinful flesh now is in charge of us. And boy, our flesh loves it. See, this is why James says this, don't blame the devil for every, every sin you commit in your life because you're enticed by the lust of your own sinful flesh and it will draw you, it will lead you into the sin that you find yourself committing and, and, held, and held by. And I promise you this, an overwhelming majority of those who are locked up in jail, an overwhelming majority of those who are addicted to drugs and alcohol, man, they don't wanna be where they're at. I promise you, I, I was there. They, didn't, they, they don't wanna be there, I didn't wanna be there. But because they're arrested by sin, sin is the one that keeps dragging them, keeps leading them. And sin will keep dragging you back to the same old crap over and over and over when you're arrested by your sinful flesh. That's what keeps an addict an addict. That's what keeps the people who gotta end up in jail because they keep getting dragged back to the same old thing and they won't quit doing it. And here's the truth. Nothing and no one can set you free from being arrested by sin except Jesus. He's the only one. You know, I used to say it this way. I would say, only Jesus can do Jesus stuff. And he really is the only one that can set you free. There is nothing else. He's, he's it. He's a one-stop shop. And I love that about him. Only Jesus can do that. And no matter how hard we try, no matter how, how many things we try to do in this life to get, a, to get free from a sin in our life, we can't get free from it. We can't get free from it. It will keep us bound. Sin keeps us bound and handcuffed to the same old things that we've always done in our lives. That's what it does. And then in verse 23, Paul says this, but before faith came, we were kept as prisoners under the law. We were arrested until faith, until the faith that was destined to be revealed. We, we were arrested by the law, by the works of our flesh. We were held captive by it, under its custody, under its leading and guiding. That's what took care of us until the faith that was destined to be revealed would be revealed. Therefore, the law has become our guardian to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. Simply saying this, yeah, it has arrested us, but, but what it's trying to do to us eventually is to lead us to Christ. But what happens is we get confused and we start to like the works of the flesh. And so we don't come to Christ for grace through faith. We would rather just do it on our own. Paul says, no, 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 no. That's not what it was ever meant for. It was meant to lead you to Jesus, reveal to you your need for Jesus. See, God's plan from the very beginning of time was for us to walk by faith and not by sight. From the very beginning, that's why the Bible says that before the beginning, before the, the foundations of the earth were formed, the Son of God was crucified for the sins of the world because it was always about by grace through faith. 
In verse 25, it says, but now, someone shout, but now. That faith has come. Faith is here. Remember, we've talked about how our faith is a who, not a what. Faith has, has come. We're no longer under a guardian. We're no longer waiting for faith. We're no longer looking for someone or something to arrest us and to guard us because he's here. Because Jesus is, is here. It goes on into verse 26. It says, because faith has arrived, you are now all sons and daughters of God through your faith in Jesus Christ. How beautiful is that? What Paul is, is simply saying is this, you no longer have to be arrested by sin. You no longer have to be. You no longer have to be bound to it. You no longer have to be handcuffed, handcuffed by it, controlled by it, led by it, pulled and dragged away by it. He's saying you no longer have to be arrested by the law either. You no longer have to, to worry about you getting pulled back into the works of the flesh. Like, like you no longer have to be because faith has been revealed. It has, it has come. But it's interesting because he takes it a step further. If, if you're paying attention to the text, Paul is trying to lead us somewhere. And, and, and what he's saying is this. He's saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus sets you free from sin. Jesus unhandcuffed you from the law. He sets you free, but not, but not just for freedom's sake. Not so that you can take that freedom and do whatever it is you feel like doing with it. He says, no, 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 because you've, you've been arrested by faith. Good. Now you've been arrested by faith. And so now faith is guiding you. Faith should be leading you. Faith should be dictating every portion of your life because your faith should have you handcuffed to Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. And so when we're arrested by faith, he's the one speaking to us. He's the one teaching us. He's the one challenging us. He's the one encouraging us. It's, it's grace by faith through Jesus because we've been arrested by faith. And that's what Paul is trying to to get us to that point. Because the truth is this, church, here's the truth. If, if we are just set free from sin, set free from the works of the flesh, if we're just set free from those things, something and someone else will arrest us. I promise you that. Paul says it this way, you're a slave to something. You're a slave either to sin or a slave to righteousness. You choose. What, which one do you want? Who do you wanna be arrested by today? Who do you choose to allow you to arrest you? You know, we, we've, we've, we've not had too, many, too, too much problems believing God sets us free from sin and shame. Like we, we don't have a lot of problem with that, I don't think, most of the time. I'm not saying at times we may go through seasons, but most of the time we're, we're good with that. Um, we're even good with not being arrested by the law, right? We really are. But see, what happens, because we've not been arrested by faith, we still think it's on us to make our own moves. And that's the truth. We still think it's, it's on us to, to build our business, on us to build our brand. It's, it's on us. We gotta move the pieces on the board. We gotta make things happen. We gotta move and we gotta shake and we gotta twist and we gotta pull. We gotta do those things because we have not been arrested by faith. Because when you're arrested, he completely takes it all over. 
You've relinquished every right you have. You understand that you were bought and paid for with a price. You're no longer your own because you've been arrested by faith. But because we, we don't, man, we try to, to do things in our own strength. And then you know what ends up happening? This is what ends up happening. Typically, we get confused. We, we begin to think that, that our dreams and our desires and our wants are the same as his wants, dreams, and desires. I've been there many times. We start getting them mixed up. And now all of a sudden, we tag God to our stuff instead of allowing God to lead us because we've been arrested by faith. We think freedom, the freedom we have that God has given us is just for us to enjoy and do whatever we want to do with it. That's what we think. This is why we will take different jobs that we never even ask God about. This is why we'll, 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 we'll go to different states and take another job because it's a better opportunity for me. I never consulted God. I'll ask people, what well, did you pray? Well, what's well, a better opportunity? Yeah, oh, okay, great. I want you to make more money. I'm cool with you making money. That's fine. But did you pray? Did you see what God said? Because if you're arrested by faith, you definitely aren't gonna make no move without God saying, go. Without God saying, go. And this is why we actually start dating people we should never date that pull us away from the kingdom. This is why. Because, well, we like them. They look good. They make me feel good about me. They treat me good. Well, praise God, I'm glad they do. But if you've been arrested by faith, God will send you someone that'll do more than treat you good. They will cover you and love you and be your, your, your help meet through all of life. See, that's what happens when we've been arrested by faith. But, but because we, we haven't been, we're not being guided. We're not, we're not being led. Instead, we just, we, we don't ask for permission. We... We pray for forgiveness. That's one of my mottos for my wife. I don't ask for permission. I just ask for forgiveness later. <laughs> she has to. The Bible says she does, right? Like, you gotta forgive me. <laughs> the Bible said. If you don't, the Father in heaven will forgive you. It's tough being married to a pastor, I'll tell you. <laughs> Been arrested by faith. We, we've gotta be arrested by faith because when we're arrested by faith, guess what? We'll start praying what he wants us to pray. It'll no longer be us sitting there giving God a wish list, treating him like our personal Santa Claus in life. God bless me. God bless mine. God do this for me. It'll no longer be that. It'll be God have your way in me and through me because I've been arrested. I've been handcuffed to Jesus and I've relinquished every single one of my rights in this life. I've given it away. We think because we've been set free, we are now allowed to exclude God from parts of our lives. We really do. This is why we'll open certain parts of our lives up to God and we'll ask him about certain things, but other things, stay away from that, God. Well, well the Bible says tithe. Well, I don't wanna give. <laughs> That's too much. The Holy Spirit wants to give you gifts. Ooh, whoa, whoa way easy. That's, that's weird. This is what we do. I see it all through the church. Listen, I deal with more church people than I do with people in the world about this garbage. I'm like, praise the Lord. The word of God is what it is. That's it, and it's simple. It's simple if we, if we choose to believe and receive and walk with it.
We think because we've been set free by God. We have the right to do our own thing. Do our own thing in church. Do our own thing in our homes. Do our own thing in our businesses. We think we can do our own thing. And because we say we believe in the name of Jesus and we read a few Bible verses a day and we show up to church once a week, that somehow this has now made us right with God and God's okay with everything we're doing in our life, it's just not true. It's just not true. See, this is why Jesus tells us, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these other things, these things that you think you gotta pray for, these things, these things you think you gotta make the moves to get, yeah, yeah, he'll just add them to you. Because your God owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the gold underneath the hills. Every bit of it's his. The earth is his and the fullness thereof, the Bible says. It's all his. And when you're a son or a daughter and you've walked into that understanding and you realize you've been arrested by faith, you no longer try to do things in your own strength because you realize you don't have to. See, Jesus doesn't say, hey, do some of the things I, I say to do. Do some of the things some of the time that I, that I tell you to do. No, no, no. He says, seek me first always in everything and in every way of your life. And you will never be disappointed with what I give you. Never. I'll never disappoint you. See, see what, he's, what, what Paul is trying to say here is if you are arrested by faith, then you're handcuffed to Jesus. You're handcuffed to him you're handcuffed to him and he will direct every part of your life. He will direct how you do church. He will direct how you worship. He will dictate how you pray. He'll dictate how often and how much you read. If you've been arrested by faith, it will dictate to you how you, how you live. You know, being arrested by faith, it will even dictate when you eat and what you eat. Just like when I was in jail, they dictated, I'm telling you, being arrested by Christ, the Lord will tell me you're not allowed to eat for so many days. Literally tell me that. Okay, Lord. Cool. Cool, I wish I said I get it right every time, but I don't. Sometimes the flesh is too strong. And I'm like, ah, it wasn't really the Lord. That was just me. Really? You think you told yourself to fast? For real? Like, Okay. <laughs> You really think highly of yourself. <laughs> but man, listen, when we're arrested by faith, it, it, will, it, will, it will tell you how to treat your spouse. Your faith will tell you how to treat your, your kids. Your faith will tell you how to dictate your, how, how you, you, you handle yourself or go about your business. It will dictate, your faith will dictate all of that. Your faith will be the one that guides your every step because you'll be handcuffed to Jesus in every single season of your life. See, we're not allowed to exclude God. You can't exclude God when you're handcuffed to Jesus. He is God. There's no way to exclude him from any part of your life. There's not. And we're not supposed to. See, when we've been arrested by faith, nothing in this life is about us anymore. It's about him. And now our only concern is, is him. What's his desire for my life? What's his wants for my life? God, what's your dream 
for me. And then we'll begin to allow him to direct and guide and reveal every, every step in our life. And we'll begin to allow him to, to have his way in us and through us. And then our story becomes his story. See, when we've been arrested by faith, we've relinquished every right in our life. Our faith puts boundaries. See, when we're handcuffed to Jesus, there's boundaries that come around us and that's God's love for you. It'll tell us where to go and when to go. It'll tell us how to act and how to, how to talk. We'll do whatever our faith tells us to do. And guess what? Here's, here's the beautiful thing about it. If we're arrested by faith and handcuffed to Jesus, we cannot be arrested by anything or anyone else. Because if God be for us, then nothing and no one can stand against us. No one else can hold us captive because he's with us. See, church, we've got to stop living however we want to live in this life. We have to stop going wherever we want to go. We've got to stop doing whatever we want to do. We've got to stop watching whatever we want to watch. We've got to stop listening to what we want to listen to. Instead, be immersed into who God is, being arrested by our faith. And man, I, I don't know about, about any of, of you, but man, I, I really want to get to this point in my life. Like Paul says, not that I have achieved or attained these things. And believe me, I have not. <laughs> you can talk to my wife. Not that I have attained them, but man, I want to get to it. This is where I'm headed. This is what I want. Jesus, help me. Now, maybe you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, well, pastor, how, how, how do I do that? How do I even go about getting to that place? And what I would tell you is, is the first thing to do is you gotta begin inviting the Holy Spirit into your life. Invite the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, a portion of the Godhead. You've gotta invite him in and say, Lord, open my heart. Holy Spirit, you open me completely up. Help me to be vulnerable before you, to trust you, to understand you, to be completely open to you, not excluding you from any part of my life. Holy Spirit, strengthen me, encourage me. Here I am, you can have me. Then you begin to get into the, to the word of God every single day. Look, we spend five minutes in the word of God and then wonder why we feel so far away from God most days. And we're not in the word. The, the, the devotional comes up every once in a while. We might sit on the toilet and read that devotional. It takes me two minutes. And then we wonder why we're, we're so far from God and we can't feel his presence and we're not hearing his voice. We can't, we can't hear him. We wonder why. See, we need to be a people in our word every single day as much as we can get it. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word of God is our sustenance. It's our, it's our source for nourishment. This is how we, we get to this place of being arrested by faith. Man, man we gotta be a people who, who worship God every day. Every day, be thankful to who he is. Be thankful for who he is. Be a people who worship him. Turn off all the secular nonsense. Turn on some worship music in your home, in your car, in your truck, whatever. And begin to invite the Holy Spirit into your car. We gotta be a people who pray every single day and not pray our wish list to God, but pray our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And not only on earth as it is in heaven, but in my life, God, have your way, have your will. See, we need to realize that we've been crucified with Christ. We're not only arrested by Christ, we've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I now live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I'm not my own, I'm his. And here you go, Lord, have all of me, surrendering every part of you. We need to be arrested by faith so that we'll be handcuffed to Jesus and crucified with Jesus so that we can attain to the resurrection by any means necessary. Church, here's here's the reality. The end times are coming for us rapidly. I don't say that to, to scare you or to put fear in you. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just telling you. The end times are coming upon us very rapidly. And man, unless we've been arrested by faith, we will be arrested by something and someone else. I promise you that. That's why Jesus says, when I return to the earth, will I find any faith? Because we haven't been arrested by him. In this place where, is it a fragrance, right? I'll pour my oil out. If it's, if it's a life laid down, I'll gladly make my vow right now because I've been arrested. You can, have, you can have it all. Go ahead and stand to your feet, please. Let me pray for you. Listen, and, and here's what's the beautiful truth as you begin to, to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to lead you into these areas. See, it's not by power nor by might, but it's by my spirit, declares the Lord of hosts. So today you can't white knuckle it. It's not like, oh, I'm gonna be a better Christian today. No, no, no. It's Lord, I surrender to you. That's, that's, that's the only thing you can do. Lord, I surrender. Help me hunger and thirst for righteousness so that I'll be filled. That's, that's what you have to do. Father, I thank you for each and every person here today. Lord, I bless them right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would begin to draw them and fill them. That right now, Jesus, you would begin to arrest them with your majesty and with your glory, with your loving kindness that leads them to you. I pray that right now, arrest your people today by faith. Handcuff us to you, Jesus. And I pray that, I pray you would protect your people this week. I pray, God, that the moment they sit down and begin to pray, the moment they sit down and open their word, that, God, they would meet you in a tangible way in that place. I pray that for them. Bless them, strengthen them, be with them. In Jesus' name I pray, and all God's people said, amen, amen. Guys, have an incredible day. We love you. God bless you. Get arrested by faith this week. Amen.